I most said, you're going to see a lot of new faces up here this morning. You might hear some words that you've never heard before even. And uh, so I just want you to invite, we're going to invite you to sing in whatever your heart language is that this morning. You're going to hear some verses in Spanish. You're going to hear some verses in Portuguese. You're going to hear some verses in English. But you sing it the way you know it and the words that, that, that you know. Deal? Yeah, this is pretty cool, guys. This is kind of a glimpse of heaven. I don't know. It's, it's really neat. I mean, we, we, we see in the book of, 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 of Revelation, we, we see that every tongue, every tribe, and every nation is, is gathered around the throne saying, holy, holy, holy is our Lord. Amen? And that's what we're here to do this morning, just to lift him up. That's what we're going to do.
Praise the Lord. All right, this time in our service, we normally have scripture reading, and we're going to have scripture reading again, and we're going to have it in three different languages. So come on up, gang. <laughs> por las misericordias de Dios que presentéis vuestros cuerpos como sacrificio vivo santo agradable a Dios que es vuestro verdadero culto no os conforméis a este mundo sino transformaos por medio de la renovación de vuestro entendimiento para que comprobéis cuál es la buena voluntad de Dios agradable y perfecta Romanos 12 1 y 2 em português portanto irmãos rogo-vos pelas misericórdias de Deus que se ofereçam em sacrifício vivo santo e agradável a Deus este é o culto racional de vocês não se amoldem a padrão deste mundo mas transformem-se pela renovação da sua mente para que sejam capazes de experimentar e comprovar a boa, agradável e perfeita vontade de Deus. Amém. Can we get it back on the screen? <laughs> There you go. We were supposed to have it up here. Um, Pastor Bob said on Wednesday, never start anything with therefore. And I said, you set me up for failure because Romans 12:1, therefore. So you think of the first 11 chapters of Romans and all that God did for us in his mercy. It describes us as enemies of God. He sent his son to take our penalty on himself. So we, with that in mind, therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So those are actually our memory verses, but you've heard them three times in three languages now, so we trust that you know them. Let us pray. Father God, we stand in awe of your mercy when we think that you sent your son to take the penalty we deserved and put it on yourself. Father, we just, we just pray that our only reaction and our only thing that we could do in response is just to offer our very lives to you. And Father, we just pray for the faith and the strength to walk in your ways as you present them. Father, that we would be faithful to your word and Father, that we would just be faithful to your perfect will. And Father, now we just celebrate you We just thank you for this time to worship in three languages. And Father, we just pray that you're, you would be overjoyed by it. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Who has numbered every grain? 
um, which, which all of us were now united by the blood of Christ, gathered together, joyfully singing to the Lord Jesus Christ together. What a blessing it is. Let's pray together. God, as we approach a time of offering, Lord, we are so thankful for, you, for how you have provided for us, provided for our every need. Lord, we just thank to the many ways that you provided for us financially, for the many ways that you provided for us in, in, in giving us a church home. Lord, uh, I think to the opportunity that we have each week in the offering to sacrifice, to give out of what you have so graciously given us, Lord, for the intent of the gospel to go to every language, not only the languages that are here, but every language, to all peoples, to all tribes, to all areas of the world. Lord, we want your name to be glorified, to be magnified, to be made known so that you get the glory, you get the fame that is due your name. So I pray that this offering, this time of offering would go to that end. Lord, that we would give of ourselves by giving a small part of our finances so that you are glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said.
How many of you don't want that to stop this morning? I tell you what, you know, when you get to heaven, um, I'm going to be out of a job. <laughs> there will be no more preaching in heaven, uh, but there will be praise, there will be worship, and I think it's going to sound a little bit like that in so many different languages, just all around the throne of God worshiping. And so what a wonderful joy it is to rehearse for heaven today. Hey, take out your copy of God's Word. Join me in the book of Acts this morning. Acts chapter 2, if you uh, don't have a Bible, didn't bring one with you, there are some in the pew back there in front of you. Uh, if you don't own a Bible, please take that one. That is our gift to you. Uh, we are going to be on page 92 in the back section of that Bible, uh, Acts chapter 2 this morning. So this week, or actually last week, I got a uh, text from Justin Perry, who is the pastor of Covenant Life Church here in the city of Tampa. And Covenant Life Church is about to celebrate their 10th anniversary. Some of you know Covenant Life Church. Some of you don't know Covenant Life Church. Covenant Life Church is a, a church that started 10 years ago. A group of people moved here from North Carolina and wanted to plant a church in our city. And so they started in their living room and they outgrew their living room. And while they were worshiping in their living room, they also came and worshiped with us, and I got together with their pastors, and we, we prayed together, and our church invited them to come and begin to meet in our chapel. 
And they met in our chapel for several years until the point where they outgrew our chapel and they moved up to our gymnasium and they outgrew our gymnasium. And God blessed them to be able to move off of our property and to have their own property now. And so now they're celebrating their 10th anniversary and they've called and asked if they could come back to our church to use our church to celebrate their 10th anniversary, which I think is altogether uh, fitting. And so we are excited about that for them. You also need to know that in the time that Covenant Life left our property and went to another property, they've since planted another church and God has multiplied that church and continuing to grow his kingdom. I just want to say this morning, church, thank you. Thank you for having a kingdom mind and a kingdom heart. Thank you for not having a myopic attitude, a selfish attitude that says all of the blessings that God has given to this church belong just to this church. Thank you for not being so selfish to say that we're the only people who can meet on this property. But instead, you have a mindset that says we want to reach as many people with the gospel of Jesus Christ as we possibly can. And sometimes that means there are going to be a group of people that can meet the needs of another group of people and, and reach them better than we can. And so let's partner with them to do that. And that might be a language. It might be uh, uh, any kind of thing that might make it better for them to reach them. And you guys have been amazing to say this isn't about us. It's not about First Baptist Church of Tampa. It is about the kingdom of God. And so I am proud and honored to be a part of that with you. So church, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Not long after Covenant Life moved off of our property, a, a Hispanic-speaking church, a Spanish-speaking church, starting to get off the ground, came to us and said, would you be willing to allow us to, to meet in one of your core group spaces for a while and start a core group class, and then we want to eventually turn that into a church. And Inglacian Mission and Pastor Ludwig began to meet here, and now they're meeting in our chapel. And we are so thrilled that they are here and trying to reach this community for Jesus Christ. And then we met another group of people who speak Portuguese. And they came to us and they, they said, is there any possibility that, that we, we've got this group of people who want to reach Portuguese-speaking people in the city of Tampa, but we need a, we need a location. We need a, a central location. We need a strategic location. We need a place to meet and worship. And as we talked about it as a staff, we said, can we do that? Can we have not one other church meeting on our property at the same time, but can we have another church? Can we actually have three churches meeting on our property on Sunday mornings at the same time in three different languages? Is that asking too much? And we began to present it to the church. We began to present it to the leadership of the church. And overwhelmingly, the answer was, why not? Why wouldn't we do that? And so Identity Church with Pastor Luis, they have started to come and be a part of what God is doing in this city to reach the people of this city. And they are meeting now in our student worship area every Sunday morning. So to the glory of God, every single Sunday morning as we meet in this place, there are three different languages, three different groups of people, three bodies of Christ meeting together to glorify God, to bring him honor, and to reach this city for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we ought to celebrate that today. This morning, before we dive into Acts chapter 2, I just want to introduce you to these two pastors 
Um, and I'm going to ask Pastor Luis, Pastor Ludwig, if you guys would come and, and join me up here. And I've, I just want to introduce them to you. We're just going to kind of sit around here and let them uh, get to get you guys to know them a little bit better. And why they come up, do me a favor. If you are a part of Identity Church or Inglatian Mission, would you just stand up for us just so we can see you and celebrate you guys? Thank you. Y'all have a seat. Pull up a chair. Let's get comfortable. So they know in advance what I'm asking them, okay? So um, it's not a surprise. At least I think you guys know what's coming up. Um, yeah, deep theological questions, right? Explain the hypostatic union to everyone, please. Um, no, <laughs> uh, we've already discussed um, the, the uh, doctrine. We've already discussed those things. They wouldn't be here if we weren't like-minded around uh, the gospel and the Word of God. Um, but I just want them to share briefly uh, so you guys get a heart for their churches, for their heart for Christ. Um, I just want them to share briefly. So if you guys would, um, Ludwig, if you'd start and just kind of describe God's call for you and, and the group of people that you guys have to, 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 to start this church and, and what God's doing there. Yeah, definitely. No, th and thank you. Pastor, for, for all, obviously opening the doors and for, for everyone to, to just open your hearts to us. So I appreciate that. Um, we feel it. Um, and truthfully, uh, this, this has been a long time personally in my life that I, I've never thought I would be in this position. Uh, I've been a youth pastor for about 10 or so years. And... Um, Never in my mind. My, my call was for youth. My call was to pastor youth. And, and a lot of people would always, I know, I know sometimes you might get that, uh, that they'll come up and say, when are you going to move up? I'm like, I am, I am there. I am there. This is my calling. I, I don't want to move up. I have more patience toward, towards youth than toward, towards adults because I expect the youth to mess up, not the adults, you know? Um, so it's been something that God's been pouring in my heart and it got to a point where the last six years that I was at the previous church, we started, for me personally, we got too comfortable. And I knew God has called everyone to more. And um, we, I spent a whole year without telling my wife that, um, that I wanted, I felt that God was pulling us to do something different. And, and I waited a whole year until God confirmed in different ways. And then the one night when God said, okay, this is it. I want you to respond. It was a Wednesday night service in the American service. So I was skipping the Spanish service. So it like all worked together somehow. And God spoke to me that day. And I told my wife, babe, we're going to go plant a church. And she said, okay, let's go. And um, between that time and that, the time we got here, we got open the doors. I got to meet you guys. Um, and, and God just basically opened all the doors possible um, at work and everywhere for me to be able to be here and to be able to serve. And, and even when we came up with the name, our intention and the purpose of the church is to be the church, a church on mission. Iglesia en Misión means that we are all the church and we are on mission all the time, not just on Sundays. And that's why, that's where that dream came out. That's where that vision came out. And uh, my, my, my son, my son and my daughter helped me pick out the name because 
We were trying to think of a name that would mean what we are and would push us to be what we want to be. It's, it's a church that is constantly on mission, on the workforce, in the work field. And then we come Sundays to celebrate what God is doing. Amen. And that's where it came from. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. So Pastor Luis is going to share, and he said, now, you know, English is not my heart language. It's not my first language. Portuguese is. So he's, he's, he's got some notes, and he said, is that okay? I'm like, absolutely. You just yeah. share your heart. So he's Luis, there to be prepared. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> to have some notes. And uh, good morning to all. It's a blessing to be here. And uh, my heart is, you know, grateful and, uh, to meet uh, you, uh, Church of First Tampa Bay Church here. And, um, well, Pastor Bob, uh, always God is sovereign. And uh, He is always in control. My chief uh, motivation uh, is to love Jesus. To love Jesus Christ is my chief motivation. And this brings me determination to serve. And always come in my mind, Matthew 20, 28, says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Mm. This has been touched my heart, my heart for, for a long, long time. I've been in Tampa uh, for uh, a while, and uh, always having uh, tried to serve Jesus in different ways here, helping the church and uh, uh, a, a while ago, God began, uh, began to touch my heart, placing uh, a strong desire to pastor and uh, meet with the Brazilians. And um, suddenly, suddenly, I got a call from a Baptist pastor, invite me, telling me, hey, Louis, uh, you want to start a Bible uh, teaching here in Portuguese, in our church. Let's pray and uh, let's go. And uh, we start, we start uh, a Bible study in Portuguese. And uh, from there, things uh, started to happen. And uh, a group of Brazilian believers uh, was formed. And uh, God began pushing us to start the Identity Baptist. And um, we found some uh, great men of God here in Tampa. They have a strong desire to, to work for the kingdom, the God's kingdom. And uh, you know, God put us in the same track. I met uh, for a while ago, Pastor Bo Ellis, and uh, we started the conversation. Hey, Pastor Bo, <laughs> thank you, man. You are a man of God, you are your family to serve God here. And after that, we met, I met Pastor Bob. I, I knew him before, no? watching him preaching here, mm -hmm. but I never had the opportunity to, to talk more. I haven't seen him in the, the Baptist Association. And everything is starting going on. And the desire came in our heart. And uh, let's pray. And the Pastor Bob heard me and the, 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 uh, Michael uh, came from the Baptist Association. And uh, we started the process, and uh, in January 50, we started here with this group. And uh, I'm thank you, and uh, the group is so happy to be Amen. here, Pastor. Well, we're blessed thank to have you. Very you. Very Amen. 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 
So I have great admiration and, and respect for both of these men, um, not only because they're fellow pastors, but because they're bivocational pastors. They do what I do plus a full-time job on top of it. And that just blows me away that you guys are able to do that, that God gives you the abilities. The, uh, and that wouldn't happen without a family, uh, your spouses, uh, without your kids, um, and without the church folks that are around you. Um, and so just briefly, just kind of tell us about the, the folks that are in your church. Tell us about the people that you have as part of your, as part of your team. And, We'll go back to you, Lou Wing, and we'll come back over to you, Louise. Well, but people in my family, uh, I mean, well, I'll say my church family, they better behave because they're most of my family. <laughs> um, I got my parents, I got my mother-in-law, I got my wife's uncles, cousins, um, and they've been with me, through uh, with us from the very beginning, and I'm very thankful because I felt their support. They're supporting us. Um, we have... Uh, Several faces, new faces, Jesus, Gabriela, a lot of faces that, are, that are, have joined us. Danny that you guys saw here uh, leading, um, uh, uh, Ron over there. So we have, we have a lot of people that are, uh, Jamie V, um, that have been caught the vision. They're catching the vision of who we are, what we, what, what we want to do, what we want to accomplish. Um, and, um, and we've already seen how God is using a lot of them, which is our goal. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, Pastor Bobby, I have a, a strong group of people uh, who are strong Christians. This is a good beginning. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, they are tremendously committed to expand the kingdom of God here uh, uh, in Tampa and uh, serving uh, Jesus. Uh, this uh, that God chose and uh, they are here are our beginning, our uh, foundation um, to uh, start the Identity Baptist Church. And uh, always we are inspired in the, um, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, Paul says, therefore again, <laughs> don't forget what Jesus did for us. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new, the new is here. Mm. Identity baptism starts first in the God's heart. Amen. I believe that. And uh, it came to us, and uh, it's pushing us. And uh, I believe that God um, chose these Brazilian people who are with me here. I think we have a, a group of 25 or 30. And... Um, I think the first Baptist church saw some musicians here. No? Mm -hmm. I have a pastor, Andre, over there, the conductor, and a great musician, his family. Thank you, Pastor Andre. I have another pastor, he's a good teacher, Pastor Donizete over there. Can you stand up, Pastor Donizete? Yeah, he's not so big. He's a big man. Uh, pastor Andre. And the other folks, no? they are here, they are committed to serve our Lord Jesus, and the preach of the gospel here in Tampa Bay area. Amen. Amen. So um, churches start with vision, and without vision, they're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, so tell us about your vision. Tell us about your dream. Where, where is uh, Inglésia Mission going? Where is Identity Church heading? What is, what is your prayer for the church? Where, where, where are you guys uh, heading with God's blessing? Well, my goal is for people to leave the church. And do good things. 
So my goal is really for people to come and celebrate what God is doing in their lives, reaching co-workers, reaching you know, students, reaching whoever it is, and coming and bringing and celebrating it. Um, so that's, that's really, really what we're pushing for, um, to feel uh, that God has called every one of us. We all have a part in this. And God puts us in all in different situations and locations and, and jobs to be the light and to be the salt. And, and that's really the, 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 the purpose. And, and when we come on Sundays, we really emphasize, we, wanna, we always have a time of testimonies because we want to hear what God is doing. And we've made it a habit for a year now to do that. And if we don't have something to say, we'll come up with something because God is always doing something. We know we are, He is. And so that's kind of where we're heading. Um, and I, and I kind of summed up, I, I kind of summed up, it's, it's kind of like a joking, but it's true, a way of who we are. Our mission is, our mission is to preach the gospel, it's to make disciples, and to repeat that. That's it. There you go. Amen. Simple. Comes from the name, right? On mission. Well, um, brothers and sisters, the, the, the thing is, uh, uh, the human beings are lost because they are lost their identity in God, hmm. the Creator. This is started coming always in my heart and I share with my people. You know? And uh, the thing is, uh, when we lost our identity in God, our Creator, our identity gonna be in other things. Yeah? If you are, our identity is in other things, we miss it, God. Yeah? And uh, our vision is uh, to have identity in Christ Jesus. And uh, the Brazilians here in Tampa Bay area are lost like everybody. And uh, Everybody knows. And they must put their identity in God, the Creator. And uh, our vision and dream, my friends, are to reach the entire Brazilian community. Because they are here and they need to find Jesus as a Savior and put their identity in Him. And uh, uh, also announce Jesus as the Lord and Savior, because to proclaim and the preaching the God's word. And uh, the vision is um, in maybe two years, Pastor, maybe we're going to have more than 100 people. Amen. This is our vision. And uh, our mission is to build a biblical community that submits to the word of God, having a deep love for Christ. This is, I think, this is the beginning. Because if you don't love Christ, you cannot reach nobody. You cannot reach Brazilians or whatever. Our community of Brazilians needed to love Christ. That's why we are committed to do that. And uh, also empowering the ability to proclaim the gospel to others to promote uh, the community outreach. We know we are here and uh, sometimes, Pastor Bobby and uh, friends, brothers and sisters, uh, we came from another country. And uh, we came to the United States. We started to lose our identity from Brazil. We started to learn another identity, to be Americans. It's not so easy. Eh? 
But when we lost the identity in Jesus Christ, our Creator and Savior, we are totally lost. Hmm. We needed to, to do something. That's why God is pushing us to do something here in Tampa Bay for the Brazilian community. Hmm. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so finally, last question. How can we pray for you? How can our church come alongside you? More than just, we, we don't want to just provide space. Uh, we want to partner with you, and we want to pray for you. And so how can our congregation come alongside of you guys in practical ways? And also, how can we pray for you uh, as, 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 as churches that are excited and fledgling and getting going? And um, we just want to come alongside you. So how can we, how can we do that? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, pray for our families. Pray for my family. Pray for the families that are, that are coming right now um, so that God may use them. Um, we want to be used uh, to, we may be able to identify God's voice, uh, as that discipleship said, uh, see the needs and, and, and accept God's invitation to join there and, and do something about it. Um, so I have so many co-workers now at work that God has put me over to influence, and I know this is the opportunities, and that's what I know all of us in our churches what we, what we want, for us to be, be able to be a light and salt in, in, in those communities. Well, uh, I would like to ask you for First Baptist Church um, to see and uh, understand the identity Baptist as a local mission. I would like to ask you to pray for that and uh, we have uh, people here and uh, we, we have uh, some leaders God sent to be with me. This is a, a, a beautiful thing and uh, I, I have a pastor with me here, Pastor Levi over there. Say hello Pastor Levi. Pastor Levi has more than 50 years old preaching the gospel in Brazil. He's retired there. He's the, uh, the father of Lielson. Uh -huh. And uh, Thank you, Pastor Levi, to be with us. And uh, I have good leaders. And, uh, you know, pray for our leaders here from the Brazilian church, for Identity Baptist. And I pray for uh, we don't lose our Identity Baptist because we have a lot of Baptists that come here and they are losing their identity hmm. in Baptist. Because we, God called the Baptist church to preach the gospel. And uh, we have the truth. Huh? We needed to proclaim that and uh, the thing we believe. Eh? This is very important. Pray for us. And uh, please, church, pray for our growth and uh, our financial conditions. This is very important. Huh? And uh, we are an uh, immigrant church, but uh, God can use the immigrants to do amazing things. And uh, we wanted to be here, not, not just to use in the facilities, but to help First Baptist to do missions. Hmm. Amen, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you, Pastor. Pastor for the opportunity. Okay? We're going to have them come back up a little bit later and pray over them. Um, but I just wanted you to hear their heart. I wanted to hear um, what God's doing in the life of those churches. Um, we are honored and blessed to have them here and a part of what God is doing. So 
we've been talking as a church at the first part of this year about our mission, about our goal, what we are striving to do. And of course, we're trying to connect as many people as we can to a thriving life in Christ. Uh, and one of our stated goals is to come alongside eight to 10 churches just like these two churches and help them to grow over the next decade. And, and I've been asked by other pastors, why? Why are you doing that? Why are you allowing churches to meet on your property? And I don't even understand the question, quite honestly. I, I don't understand why another pastor would ask me that question. But the answer is because we're not about this church, we're about growing the kingdom of God. That's what we're about doing. And we're never going to apologize for that. And when I read the book of Acts, I see God at work. As a matter of fact, that's what the book is all about. It's God doing his work through the power of the Holy Spirit through the church. And so you've turned to Acts chapter 2 with me this morning, and, and I'm noting my time, church. My church, um, my church is freaking out right now because I normally preach for quite a while, and I'm getting up at 10 minutes until um, noon. Um, and so I, I acknowledge the time. I recognize it. I had already planned for this. So um, even though I wasn't here last week, I didn't preach last week, so I'm going to get two weeks' worth in one week. Um, it's okay. Acts chapter 2, I just, want to, I just want you to see this amazing chapter where the Holy Spirit empowers the church. So if you're physically able and willing, would you stand with me as we read from God's Word together? Acts chapter 2, we're just going to read the first 11 verses this morning. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves as they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, and the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, why... Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the districts of Libya around Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of of God. And they all continued in amazement and with great perplexity saying to one another, what does this mean? Father, open our eyes to the power that is in your church, to the plan that you have for your church. Father, we praise you today. Thank you for your word. It is what transforms our lives into your image. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, you may be seated this morning. I quickly just want you to see this, the power of the church in Acts chapter 2. Jesus, just before his crucifixion, just before his ascension after his resurrection, has commanded his disciples to go into all the world. Matthew chapter 28, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go make disciples of all the world. But then he tells them this, and it's very important. He says, but before you go, go to Jerusalem and wait. Here's your mission. Go around the world and make disciples. But before you go, go to Jerusalem and wait. And they had to be wondering, what are we waiting for? 
Jesus, we've got our marching orders. Jesus, you've resurrected. You've ascended into heaven. You've told us what to do. Why should we stop? Why should we wait? But he said, go to Jerusalem and wait because you cannot do what I'm asking you to do until you receive what I'm going to send you in Jerusalem. And so they went to Jerusalem and they sat in that upper room. They gathered together and they prayed and they waited. And on Pentecost, the power of God fell down out of heaven in the person of the Holy Spirit, indwelling that church, empowering that church, giving them all that they needed to do what God had called them to do. He not only gave them the mission, He gave them the power to carry it out. He had told them in Acts chapter 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea to Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. But he says, don't try to do it without me. Oh, church, it is a danger. It is a tendency. It is a temptation to try to do God's work in our own power, in our own abilities, with our own resources. But God never intended for us to do it that way because we will fail when we live up and try to do it on our own. But he gives us the power. And through the unflinching certainty that Jesus had, in fact, been resurrected from the dead, and through the unleashed power of the Holy Spirit, this group of people, 120 strong, turned the world upside down. Because of them, we are here today. Because a small group of people got together and were empowered by God and given a mission by God, the world has never been the same. Before the crucifixion, they were weak. They were timid. They were afraid. After the resurrection and after Pentecost, they were bold. They were powerful. And they proclaimed the good deeds of Jesus Christ. The difference, certainty and power. Certainty that they had the truth. Jesus is the Messiah. And power from God to overcome all of our shortcomings. That was the power of the church. But not only do I want you to see the power, I want you to see the people of the church. Because as they were receiving the Holy Spirit, it says they began to speak in tongues. Now, don't get freaked out by that. The word is glossé. It is the same word we get glossary from. It is a known language. As a matter of fact, people from all over the world were in Jerusalem on that day, and it listed all the places that they were from. And this wasn't gibberish. This wasn't some strange language. This language that they were speaking was known languages. And they were amazed at this. They were saying, wait a minute, aren't these people from Galilee? Aren't these people from the sticks? These aren't educated people. They didn't learn all of these language. And yet each one of us is hearing what they're saying in our own language. People from every tribe, every tongue, every nation on earth were hearing the gospel through the power of the word and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Darren mentioned as we started our service, Revelation chapter 7, which is a scene around the throne of God, where around that throne aren't a bunch of preachers, around that throne are a bunch of worshipers, and making up that multitude are people from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people around the world. What a beautiful picture of the church. The church is not one group of people. 
The church is not one nationality of people. The church is not one generation of people. The church is all those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ and all those who have been given the mission and the power of God to go out and share. We see then the power of the church. We see the people of the church. But we didn't read this section, but I want you to see the proclamation of the church. In verses 14 through 36, there's some confusion about what's going on. The Holy Spirit has fallen. These people are out in the streets proclaiming the gospel. People from all over the world are hearing it in their own languages, and they're confused. They're perplexed over it. Hear me, whenever God shows up and does the extraordinary in the middle of our ordinary, people get, un they get confused over it. When something out of the ordinary happens in our lives, when something supernatural happens in our natural world, people get confused. They get perplexed, and usually they try to explain it away, as somebody in this story did. If we, we didn't read verse 13, but verse 13 says, somebody said, I know what's going on. All these people are drunk. They've been drinking too much. Now, I don't know about you, but I have yet to meet the person who got, who, who got drunk and became more articulate. <laughs> I've never met the person who got drunk and got smarter in the process. Not one time has I ever seen that, and yet this was his explanation. All these people are drunk. And Peter, as he so often did, seized the opportunity and spoke up and preached one of the most Holy Spirit-filled, brilliant sermons you will ever hear. And I don't have time to unpack the whole thing, but the core of the message is this. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Jesus Christ is where you find your identity. Jesus Christ is the answer. You want to know what's going on in these people's lives? Jesus is going on in these people's lives. That's the answer. And if you just look at it in verses 17 through 21, and I'm not going to read all of this to you, but in verses 17 through 21, he says that the Christ was prophesied. The book of Joel tells us this was going to happen, 17 through 21. Then in verse 22, the, the Christ is identified. Look at verse 22. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. The one who has prophesied has come, and his name is Jesus. How do I know that it's Jesus? Because God attested to him because of his words and because of his works. He did what no one but God in the flesh could do. He identified Christ. But then he said, this Christ who has come, verse 23, not only has been prophesied and not only has been identified, he has been crucified. Verse 23, this man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. This Messiah who had been prophesied has come, his name is Jesus, and you crucified him. But oh, wait a minute. It was part of God's plan. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus God, God had a plan. He knew that he would create us. He knew would we rebel against him. And he knew that the only way to make us right with him was for the Son to come and take our place on the cross. This Messiah who has come is a king, but not the king you think he is. This Messiah is prophesied. He is identified. He is crucified. Look at verse 24. This Messiah is also resurrected. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in his power. 
This Messiah who came, who you crucified, he is God in the flesh. How do I know he's God in the flesh? Because of all the miracles that he did. But more than that, I know he's God in the flesh because the grave couldn't hold him. Because death could not keep him. He said, you, te you tear down this temple and in three days I'll raise it back up. They killed him and three days later, he defeated the last enemy, death. This Christ is prophesied, identified, crucified, resurrected in verses 33 through 36. We see he is exalted and he is returning. He's coming back again. Verse 33, therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which both we see and hear. For it was not David who sent it into heaven, but Christ has. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Oh, Jesus Christ, who was crucified and resurrected, he has ascended and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. You know why he is seated? Because his job is done. It is finished. He has accomplished everything necessary for our salvation. And right now he is seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and for me. When we sin, he's saying, Father, that one's mine. I died on the cross for them. But he said this, one day he's coming back. He's seated there until one day he's going to make all of his enemies a footstool. This Christ who was prophesied and identified and crucified and resurrected and is exalted, he's coming back again. Peter says, you want to know what's going on? That's what's going on. That's what's happening. We see the power of the church. We see the proclamation of the church. We also see the promise of the church. Verses 37 through 41, the people who hear this, are, it pierces them to the heart, it says. They're devastated by what they hear. And they ask this question. What shall we do? The Messiah has come, and we killed him. What shall we do? And here's the promise from the church. Repent and you will be saved. It's that simple. Believe that you are wrong about Jesus Christ. Turn from your sin and turn to him and you will be saved. You will be right with God. It's that simple. Repent, place your faith in God and you will be saved. That's a promise. Verse 41 says this. And on that day, 3,000 people trusted in Jesus Christ. Why? Because God let them hear the word in their language. The power of the Holy Spirit worked through the people. The gospel was presented clearly, and people were pierced to the heart, and they repented. We see then the priorities of the church in verse 42. They kept gathering together and they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to breaking of bread and fellowship and to prayer. This church that had grown from 120 people to 3,000 people overnight said, we got to get some priorities. What are we going to put as the most important things that we're going to do? And they said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to listen to what the apostles teach us. We're going to listen to the word of God. The most important thing for us is to do what God tells us. And how do we know what God tells us? We look at his word. They didn't have the New Testament at this point. It hadn't been written. What they did have was the men that God, Jesus Christ, had poured into for three years. 
He had taught them and instructed them and taught them about the kingdom of the God and said, when I'm gone, take this and repeat it to others. And the church devoted themselves not to the opinions of men, it devoted themselves to the Word of God. And it devoted themselves to being in fellowship with one another. A common bond, Bible study and worship and fellowship, believers coming together because we cannot do it on our own. They had in common a multitude of people, different backgrounds, different nations, different languages. What did they have in common? They were all saved by Jesus Christ and all were indwelled by the power of the Holy Spirit. They had a common mission. They had a common goal. And they prayed, apart from the power of God, we will not be successful. And unless we bathe everything we do in prayer and seeking God's face, we will not succeed. Finally, I want you to see this, the prayer of the church, verses 43 through 47. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were gathered there together and had all things in common, and they began to sell their property and possessions, and they were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. What's the prayer of the church? The prayer of the church is that day by day, people would be saved. Not week by week, not Sunday by Sunday, day by day. And in order for people to be saved day by day, that means the church is on mission. That means that the church is out in the world showing the power of God in their lives. Because what was happening here was supernatural power. People were looking at what God was doing in that church and they were saying, this is out of the ordinary. We are in awe, we are amazed, we are bewildered by what God is doing. You say, but God doesn't do miracles today like he did back then. Oh yes, he does. Oh yes, he does. Every life that is transformed by the gospel is a miracle. Every marriage that stays together and is transformed by the gospel is a miracle of God because it is unusual. It is out of the ordinary. When you love somebody unconditionally, it is a blessing and a miracle from God because it is unusual. And when the world looks at it, they go, what in the world is happening with this one? Why are you so different? And like Peter, we can stand up and say, it's not us. I'm certainly not drunk. It's the power of God working in my life. It's the Holy Spirit of God. And there was supernatural power, but it also showed itself in supernatural love. It said they had all things in common. This was not communal living. This was not communism. This was not socialism. This just simply means that as the church got together, if there was a need that arose, somebody said in the church, I can meet that need. If they found out somebody's house caught on fire, somebody else in the church said, hey, we'll get a group together. We'll go clean up the mess. We'll rebuild that house for you. They just showed supernatural love for one another. They took care of one another's needs. And the results were when supernatural power went out from the people in the community and love went out from the people day by day, 
people were giving their hearts to Jesus Christ. People were trusting in him. Church, churches, this is the power of God that is at work in our lives. It is the same power that God gave the church in Acts chapter 2. It is the same people, all nations. It is the same proclamation that we have always had, the proclamation of the gospel. It is the same promise, repent and you will be saved. It is the same priorities, the word of God, having the Holy Spirit in common, loving one another, providing for needs, and it is the same prayer. God, add to your number day by day. So may God do just that. May God add to his church day by day those who are trusting in him. And how will he do that? Through you, through me, through us, through the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, in our churches, as we do good works so that they will glorify our Father who is in heaven. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, your word is powerful. It changes us. It transforms our lives. Father, thank you that when you called us to go on mission, you didn't send us out on our own, ill-equipped. Father, you've given us the full armor of God that we should take it up and wear it. But even more than that, you've indwelled us with your power, with your Holy Spirit, to do exactly what you've called us to do, to equip us, to ensure us, to seal us and hold us fast so that nothing can take us out of your hand and to give us the power and the, the words, the wisdom, the courage to speak out. And so Father, as we conclude our time of worship today, we just, we just praise you that three churches can come together in this one place and just lift our voices in whatever language is our heart language. Father, we pray that it would be received as worship to you. Father, we don't do this for our glory. We don't do this to make a name for any one of our churches. We do this to make a name for you, to make your name great, to make your name known. And our prayer, Father, is that day by day, day by day, people would be added to your kingdom because they see your power at work in us and they see your love flowing through us. I just want to conclude our service this morning by asking Pastor Luis, Pastor Ludwig, your families, would you guys just come down front? And the members of your churches, would you come join them? Identity Church, please come down. Iglesia Mission, come, please come down. What a wonderful praise team. Thank you guys. Praise, praise God. They're going to play, and we're going to pray. That's how we're going to conclude today. We're just going to pray. But church, we're not going to leave them down here, and you be there. No, no, no. That's not how we roll around here. I just want to... Would you just come join these two churches? First Baptist Church, if you feel led, just come down here and let's just put our arms around these folks and just love these folks. And let's just pray as we conclude our time together.
Let me add this. If you're here today and you never knew that there is a Messiah who loves you so much that, he, that God sent his son to die for you, I wanna to talk to you some more about that. If you're interested in learning about that kind of love, then I'm gonna be in the guest reception afterwards. Stop by there and say, Pastor, I need to hear more about that kind of love. Hey, we can get more folks down here. Y'all come on. It's all right. Y'all stand with us. If you wanna stand right where you are, that's great. If you wanna come down. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, for your glory, we're here. For your honor, for your praise, you are worthy of all this and so much more. Father, in view of your great mercy, we offer our lives as living sacrifices to you. Holy and pleasing, we pray, which is our act of worship. Father, we thank you for calling us out. We thank you for loving us, for redeeming us. Father, we thank you for sustaining us. And Father, this morning we have the great privilege of worshiping together and we lift up Pastor Ludwig and Iglesia Mission. We, we lift up Pastor Luis and, and Identity Church to you. Father, we pray your blessing on them. We pray your anointing that you would use these churches to reach this community, the Hispanic community and the Brazilian community and anyone else who you would bring in their path. Father, we pray that you would use them for your honor and glory to reach people for Christ. Lord, we pray your protection over them. We pray for their leadership. We pray for their vision and, and passion. Father, we pray for their people. We thank you, God, for the privilege of coming together to, to serve you. Father, once again, I thank you for the people of First Baptist Church, people who have a heart for you and a, a mind for the kingdom. Lord, our prayer is that you would be glorified in everything that we do. Lord, make your name great. Father, our prayer is that, that you would reach people each and every day, that we would see more and more people come to find their identity in Jesus Christ. Lord, make that so as we go out and let your testimony flow through our lives. Let your love throw, flow through us. Lord, you are to be praised. You are to greatly be praised. Lord, we leave this place and we go on mission for you each one of us on mission with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, it is in the powerful, matchless name of our resurrected and coming again, Lord, that we pray. When he returns, let us be found faithful, Father, to be doing your will and your work. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Guests, stop by the guest reception on your way back out.
if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? What can stand against? God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, Awesome in power, our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? What can stand against? What can 